Presentation Skills for Design Students, Episode 35. Are you a design student or graduate who wants to succeed in the professional world? If so, keep listening. You are about to discover how to get noticed, land your dream job, and have an outrageously successful career. It's all about being able to speak, present, and communicate like a boss. So let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Christina Cantors, and this week is all about the elevator pitch. But first, I want to give a quick shout out to Anthony Tran of marketingaccesspass.com for leaving a lovely iTunes review. Anthony writes, Christina is the most creative person I know when it comes to building relationships and communicating effectively. You can definitely learn a lot from her. She really brings a fun twist to her show and everything she does. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anthony Tran, for that lovely, lovely review. Of course, if you want to leave a review for the podcast, I would be very, very appreciative. It just helps the podcast get discovered by more awesome people like yourself. All you have to do is go to designdrawspeak.com. There's a link there to subscribe via iTunes. Just click that link and it will take you to iTunes where you can leave a review of your own. Okay, now let's get right into this week's topic. Now, when someone asks you, so what do you do? Your response, that is your elevator pitch, has the potential to spark their interest in you and leave them keen to learn more. This question, what do you do? It's your golden opportunity to wow them and you never know what opportunities will come out of that. And that's why I love this whole concept of of a really effective elevator pitch and I am very excited to welcome back communication skills expert Andrew Lovick to join me on the podcast. You may remember Andrew from episode 24, which was all about how to approach people and have awesome conversations. If you haven't already listened to it, be sure to check it out. It's a really good one. I believe that this topic is so important. I've actually created a whole separate worksheet that takes you step by step through the process of creating a really effective kick-ass elevator pitch, along with lots of other handy tips for you. And you can find that in the show notes at designdrawspeak.com slash pitch. And if you go and download that, it's going to help you further formulate your unique elevator pitch. That's, that's how important I believe this stuff to be. So make sure you go check that out after you've listened to the episode. And without further ado, let's get into the chat I had with communication skills expert, Andrew Lovey. I sat down with a, a CEO of an advertising agency and I was, I was so excited to have this opportunity to sit down with him personally, one-on-one and meet him. And he basically asked me, what do you want to do? And I was, I had n- no real answer for him. And he said, well, if there's any, any advice I can give you from this meeting, I want you to, anytime you meet somebody, you should know what you want to do, know what you're passionate about. Because I, I get people every day asking me for a job. And I'm like, really? What do they ask you? Or what do they say? They tell me that they don't care what they do just as long as they have a job and they're willing to do anything it takes which is the wrong answer. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's what I've been telling people this whole time. He said, I want someone who's going to say, 
I want to work in social media. I'm very passionate about social media. I do a lot of awesome things with social media. Uh, I want to learn more. I want to do, you know, I want to learn the tricks of the trade. I want to keep going and keep learning. And this is where I'm, where I want to go. And this is what I want to do. And then he can say, okay, now that I know where you want to go and what you want to do, I can help you and point you in the right direction. And when he told me that, I was like, no, I messed up. Uh, but it was a good learning experience. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. We're talking elevator pitches today with my very good friend, Andrew Lovick. He's my the very first guest that I've had on the show for a repeat appearance. And I'm very excited to have him back because today what we're talking about is very, very important. Andrew, welcome back to the podcast and thanks so much for joining me again. Hey, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. I love that story about the CEO and that's that's something we're going to expand on a little more during this chat. But firstly, I just want to ask you, Andrew, can you tell us exactly what is an elevator pitch? Yeah, an elevator pitch is any kind of short speech that sells an idea, promotes a business, or markets you as an individual. So in other words, you know, uh, your elevator speech uh, should be able to describe and sell you as an individual in 45 to 90 seconds. Okay, 45 to 90 seconds. Now, why is it important mm -hmm. to have one? Now, an elevator speech is, is so essential. It's, it's almost just like having a business card. Uh, you need to be able to say who you are, what you do, what makes you unique, and why your listeners should care. Uh, you know, if you don't have an elevator speech, then people won't really know what you do. Because in conversation, it's going to come up. That's one of the first things we say. So, what do you do? I know. And then I know, and I've met so many people who just say, oh, I'm studying architecture, or oh, I'm a student, or, you know, I'm a, I'm a landscape student, and that's all they give me. And I have to ask them, uh, okay, where are you studying? How long until you graduate? What, do, are you working? Are you going to look for a job? And it's really quite frustrating for, for me to even just get any information out of them. Most definitely. And it's, it's funny because as much as uh, you can really work on putting a, uh, an elevator speech together, there's going to be instances where you're going to hit all those details as a job seeker, and there's still things that you haven't covered, or you, you're never going to have a perfect elevator pitch. But what's going to happen is, the more information you provide up front to the individual who's asking you, the more you can move on to something that can actually benef benefit you. What do you mean by that? So I'm introducing myself to you and I start telling you about what I'm passionate about. I, oh, I'm really passionate about communication. I'm a communication scholar. I, I spend a lot of time studying communication. And I, I'm interested in everything communication. Oh my gosh, really? Wow, me too. Or Really, that's interesting. My wife is a does studies communication and is a public speaker. Oh, really? Wow, I'd like really like to get in contact with her. Yeah, here's my wife. You know, I would I'd love to introduce you to my wife or my friend or my coworker, somebody they know. You you're introducing yourself into that person and all of their networks. Right. So that's helping you make the make more connections and just carry on the conversation into into something that's going to help you. Oh, definitely. That's perfect. Okay, now let's talk about components of a good elevator pitch. Okay, so components of a good elevator pitch, you need to know your audience, and you must tailor your speech in any situation. So when your speech 
it will be more successful when you specifically target it for a specific audience. Now, when you're out and about running around, you know, you're not going to meet, you know, you don't need to have an elevator speech for every type of person you meet. It would be, it's good to have somewhat of a generic one, but when you meet that individual, because you're not going to know the context, you're not going to know what they do or, or who they are, so you're going to have to kind of tailor it to, to them. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so it's going to be different if you meet someone on the street as opposed to if you're at, say, a, a design event where you know there's going to be okay. other architects and designers who understand, you know, all about design. Exactly. Just like a good marketing or branding plan, you need to know your audience, have a target audience in mind. So when you go, when you're preparing your elevator speech for a specific event or if you want one just while you're walking around, you got to know. I mean, it's strategy. You got to strategically plan what uh what you're going to say through this the steps that I'm about to go through but you have, number 1 is know your audience that's one of the most important okay. things number 2 you have to know yourself before you can convince anyone of how great you are you need to know how great you are so and you can you have to be if you, like I said in the last podcast, you're a rock star, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, in order to tell, you got to believe you're a rock star in order to tell someone you're a rock star. So you got to define precisely what you are offering and what you're passionate about. So uh, what problems can you solve? What benefits can you bring to the table? What makes you unique? What is your unique selling point? So things that that you're passionate about, things that you can bring to the table. Not that I'm just a hardworking individual or I am a go-getter well those are wonderful qualities to have about a person and I'm glad you think that about yourself but tell me why you're a hard worker how you're such a hard worker or what is unique about you what makes you different what stands out about okay you? I have a question should that should okay. that come at the very beginning so like what I mean I just want to take people step by step through through this process mm -hmm. so uh, okay let's use someone for example if they are um, an architecture graduate who, who has just graduated uh -huh. from, say, the University of Melbourne and they're looking for a job and they love, okay, let's, let's, let's um, make up a, a fictional person here. They love designing houses. They, they like, they like okay. doing small, small residential projects because they love working one-on-one uh, -on -one with clients and they love the challenge of working through um, the whole design process and the whole, the, whole built, the whole built process of managing a project as well. So let's take this person as design graduate. Should they first of all say, like, talk about their passions, or should they talk about, "I'm an architecture graduate"? Because something that I've talked about in my uh, previous in a previous podcast was about showing your passion, and I talk a lot about telling people why you do something first before actually saying what you've done. So because people are much more um, respond much better to that emotional side of it. That, that why you've done something. Does that also apply to the elevator pitch or should you be? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And the step three for outlining your speech. You know, when you start, when you started to write this down, you make some bullet points. Number one, who am I? Because of course, you have to introduce yourself when you first uh, meet somebody. Step two, what do I offer and what am I passionate about? So like what you were saying is, you need to kind of build that passion, throw in that emotion before you start offering up how you can do it or what you know what you do. If that makes sense. So what you were saying was dead on. Okay. So start talking about your passions first. I would say so. 
say I'm very passionate about uh, small residential houses. I love working one-on-one. -on -one. The things that really make you unique in what you do and say I, I do what you what you said, whatever that. Uh, so like I, I'm, I'm passionate about finding solutions to design problems and I've, I've been doing this through various projects on the side for um, so-and-so. Could you add that in? Yes, I think so. Okay. Most definitely. Okay, but is this is this a time where you should be bringing in skills? Say, if you're uh, really really skilled at a particular software program, so I know a lot of people are specialists at say 3D rendering, or Photoshop, or or 3D modeling or something. Is that is that worth is that worth bringing in, or is that a little bit weird to be talking about? Oh, I'm a I'm a, a Revit specialist. Depends on the context of the elevator speech. Um, you know. If you're running into somebody on the street or you're bumping into someone, maybe not so much uh, the skills and cert cert certificates that mm, you have. Okay. Uh, as far as if you're at a conference or uh, you're, you know, you know you're meeting a CEO of a company that you potentially would like to work for and you know they use the, those um, programs and, and they utilize those skills, almost definitely you know I'm going to be sitting there saying, oh, uh, also, I'm extremely passionate about uh, working with computers. I have awesome computer skills. I'm certified in, you know, computer aid drafting and design, 3D rendering. I know all these things. Uh, it adds a little bit of credibility to your name when you're pitching yourself. Uh, so, you know, what problems do you solve? Contributions you can make, and then well, what you really need to get down to at the very end of your elevator pitch is what should the listener do after hearing this? So. That's the main key element here is when you're deciding to tell the person in your pitch or you're developing your, your elevator pitch, the number one thing is what should the listener do after hearing your speech? Should they what do you want what do you want them to do? What do you want them to know about yourself? Do you want them to give you a card? Do you want them to uh do you want to meet meet up with them? What what do you want them to do? Okay, so instead of just ending it with and yeah, that's it. That's me. And they're just leaving them hanging. You want to give them a call to action. Exactly. And the, I have a story about call to action. I was meeting with a, a, a big wig in public affairs, and she, she told me that one of her biggest pet peeves is when she's meeting somebody, they don't, they don't ask her for anything. And she says, I'll put it to you like this. Um, when... I get a phone call from a hospital uh, ward asking me to come decorate with Christmas lights during Christmas time. I have no problems taking hours out of my day to go down to the hospital ward and decorating uh, with Christmas lights. But it's not something I'm going to think about during the day. So if I'm never asked, I probably wouldn't go do that. So she said, I, what I want people to do is if they want a connection or they want help with a resume or they would like to sit down longer or, or talk more or pitch uh, an idea to me, I would like for them to ask me because chances are it's not going to come to me first in my head. Right. So just asking the question is going to get you places. Just asking the question. I would really love to sit down with you sometime and tell you more about this or I would love to meet the context that you have or I would love to... Uh, speak to you more about this. Can we sit down and talk to it? You, that call to action. You need to engage them 
Um, once you find out, you know, who they are, or what they do, you need to say, I'd love to talk to you more about this. If it's a CEO that you want to, uh, that, you know, that works for a company that you know you want to work at or somebody you, you've just met on the street, um, you know, they say, Hey, for instance, uh, my wife, I took my wife to a networking event and one of the guys there's, uh, sister, uh, worked in the same field as my wife and, he, she said, well, can I get in contact with her? He said, yeah. And he whipped out his phone and gave my wife his sister's number right there on the spot. Someone, a complete stranger she doesn't even know. And he had no problem giving her uh, her information. Yeah. I found that people are really helpful if you just ask and if you just say, hey, hey, exactly. do you have a card I could grab? I'd love to keep in touch and maybe ask you a quick question every now and again. You know, people generally don't mind that sort of thing. Everyone's very, very receptive about uh, helping people. Are they've been there in your shoes before, so it's pretty easy for them to relate uh, to where you, where you're coming from. The only, the the trick is, and it's funny, I, I haven't had any problems uh, getting people being receptive. It's figuring out how to tell them what I want and how I, what I want to do, and then uh, conveying to them so that they can help me uh, meet my goal. Okay, so is that the fourth component? That is okay. just letting them, telling them what you want, and then that's it. You need to, you need to know who you are, what do you offer, what problems can you solve, what you're passionate about, what should the listener uh, often off like do after hearing this, and you need to know what you want. So if I'm looking for a job in the next month or so, I say, okay, this guy is a looking for a job in a month, and it's working in social media, doing this, doing that, passionate about this. So they have a checklist. They know what to do to help you. I guess that's like another semi call to action, isn't it? You're you're sort of you're it giving is. you're sort of feeding them uh, bait to 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 capture onto. If you say this is what I'm looking for, or like when if you've already included this is how I can help you, or this is how I help people, and this is now what I'm looking for and what where I want to go. That's kind of giving them an opening to then say, oh, well, I actually know someone who rah, 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 or, oh, well, we actually have a an opening, blah, blah, blah. So by ending that elevator pitch with that, that hook, I suppose, to try and get people to grab onto it and um, and, and, then, and then lead on and, and help you with your problem, that's, that's an awesome way to end your elevator speech. Exactly kind of a secondary call to action and most of the time if there's someone who know, they'll know somebody and they'll say oh yeah one of my best friends actually works in that same field it might not be the exact same field it might not be the job that you're looking for but you get in contact with this person and they're more into that um, area of work a lot of people discredit someone when they say oh you know I work in architecture well I'm more of a computer guy in architecture and our computers I you know, that's not what I'm looking for. So, sorry, I'm going to move on to somebody else and try and find the person that. But you have you have no idea who that person knows or, or uh, who, who are his contacts. And you might say, oh, one of my best friends in college um, owns his own computer graphics business. Um, let me just uh, give you his email or, you know, shoot him a text and see if it's all right if I link you two together. And he might be a great mentor for you. I look at it kind of like a spider web. You know, you're in the middle of it. And, you know, each little web 
just keeps branching out into more and more branches and you'll just eventually run into somebody who's going to help put you in a or in a direction that's going to benefit you and it can be discouraging when it's not it's not going to be the first time it happens like you said you've met so many people and and then you have after a while you kind of forget that you're you're there to try and further yourself or further your career you just end up meeting awesome people that turn into awesome relationships and so you know it just kind of and then it starts to be more fluid more natural and it turns out to be something way better than just a, a pitch to get yourself a job. Yeah, I love that. I think forgetting about the whole just wanting to make make networks and, and make connections and find a job is like, you know, if you can just relax and just think, oh, I'm just talking to this person. I don't know who they are. I don't know what who their connections are, but I'm just genuinely interested in talking to this person and, and sharing my passion and telling them about myself. And then that's the way it's going to become more natural to you because you don't want it to sound forced and over-rehearsed. Exactly. In, one of the worst things you can do is memorize your elevator pitch. You need to be able to have certain words you can kind of draw upon, uh, you know, some adjectives that you have already in place. But if you, you know, memorize uh, an elevator pitch and someone says, so what do you do? I am a architect and I <laughs> like communication yeah it's going to come across like that to the person and so the more you practice and the more you you can even work on your friends you use it for your friends and you can become more fluid and then when you're in a situation with meeting a complete stranger or sitting down with the ceo of a company which you might have the opportunity to do you won't screw it up like me <laughs> you'll be able to know you'll be able to know what you want to do you'll be able to know what you can do for them and you can convince them in the, that short period of time that you're an asset and that uh, you're you're a genuine person, you're unique, and you can uh, you're a rock star and you can get the job done. And they'll say, "Man, you know what? I like I like this guy, I like this gal. Uh, let's help them find a mentor, or let's uh, put them on the right track, and uh, let's do something for them." Passion is the only thing that sells anything. That's something that I've I've heard and. I, like I think that. if you can just project your passion and just show that you are genuinely excited and interested in what you're doing and you show genuine excitement and interest in the other person and in their company or, or whatever they're doing, they're going to remember you and think, and like you said, think, yeah, I like this person. I want to help this person. Oh, that is an absolute for sure. I mean, I haven't really met anybody who's said, no, I don't want to help anybody. <laughs> I don't want to help this person, but the more passionate you are, the the more fluid you are, the more you can convey how much you love what you're doing and why you want to help or what you can do, and what makes you unique. Uh, you're you're gonna have success of where you go, and uh, I think that speaks volumes. And I think if you just follow the plan, work work towards you know making because you really have to kind of do a little bit of soul searching too and say. What does make me unique? What separates me from everyone else? But everyone is unique in their own way. So once you kind of figure that out and, and use it, it really helps you define who you are, where you're trying to go, and what you're doing. So this little elevator pitch kind of turns into uh, a, a soul search in a sense. And I think we could all do, do with a little soul search. There's nothing wrong with that. Soul searching. <laughs> awesome. Oh, Andrew. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show again. This has been amazing. Can we just quickly go 
over those four components of the elevator pitch just one last time? Just of to recap. course, of course. Okay, so number one, know your audience. Know your audience, okay. Num number two, know yourself. Number three, outline your speech. Okay, and then under the outline your speech, you have who am I, what do I offer, what problems do I solve or contributions can I make, what I am passionate about doing, and what should the listener do after hearing this. If you write those down as bullet points and kind of fill them in and kind of move them around of how you want to have them and kind of, you know, make your own unique selling proposition in this, what you do is the very fourth component is finalize. You, you know, kind of make sure you get rid of the jargon, uh, write it all out, and uh, you're going to have an elevator speech. And you can mold it into something that you can really work on. And of course, this is always going to develop over time as well as you develop as a person. And, uh, you know, your, your goals may change. And so, you know, this isn't, this elevator pitch isn't a fixed thing. It can always be evolving. Oh, exactly. Your goals change, your passions change, your ideas change. You know, as you grow as a person, you start to like other things and enjoy other things. And you know, just as long as you kind of follow this process, it's going to help you organize your thoughts and organize uh, how you want to say things. So that way, when you sit sit down, you're not you don't have a blank page and are just trying to write out who you are and what you're trying to convey. And as with all things in life, practicing is going to help you immensely. Would you agree? Oh, one hundred percent. And that's why we have uh, roommates, friends, significant others, so we can annoy them and uh, practice. Yes. And of course, like not practicing over and over so that it, it becomes uh, like this um, robotic speech, as you were saying before, but just practicing, even just practicing talking about yourself and talking about your passions and just practice saying, I love doing this or I believe that, you know, the world can be a better place because of this. I think just practicing bringing that passion out over and over and, and yeah, using your friends, using relatives, colleagues, anyone who will listen, even, even just speak in front of the mirror, just, just do it. And just hearing those words come out of your mouth is going to make it much more easier for you when you actually um, are in that situation where you're speaking to, to someone at a networking event or, you know, or the CEO of a big company. You never know. It's one of the biggest icebreakers there is. So what do you do? <laughs> You know, it's a sucky question, actually. It's, it, it makes it sound. It, it makes it sound like all we do is, you know, work. That tends to be what people ask, you know, about about your work. So if you can turn that boring question into a really interesting conversation by bringing out your passion, then that other person's going to remember you pretty fondly. I think one hundred percent. Just like I was able to remember you. <laughs> When I first met you, it was awesome. You brought the energy, you brought the intensity, and it was phenomenal. And there are so many other people that I met at the conference that, uh, you know, I don't really remember who they are because there wasn't that, that flame, there wasn't that spark, there wasn't any intensity, no passion. And you don't want to talk to or people <laughs> like that. I knew there was a reason I got you on the podcast again. Just so you, oh, just so you could flatter me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, it's, it's the truth, though. It is the truth. Uh, you know, it's just just like the people that you you meet, or the people that are uh, in, more in our memories, or that are more rem uh, rememberable. You can sit there and say, "Oh man, remember that guy? Yeah, he was 
He brought the intensity. He brought the heat. He brought the, the passion. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he wanted. And he was very confident. And uh, he's a lot more memorable than, than someone who just says, I'm, I'm an architecture student. Yeah. Andrew Lovick, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back on the podcast. If people want to get in touch with you and find out more about what you do, please give us some contact details if people want to ask you any questions. Oh, definitely. Uh, you can shoot me an email at lovick.andrew1 at gmail.com or you can look me up on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. My Twitter is at Lovick San Diego. Please reach out and feel free. I'd love to connect with you and love to talk. Awesome. Thanks again, Andrew, and you take care. Stay classy. <laughs>